for Truth with a Texas Twang, Fireside Talk Radio, the show where women ponder the things we store in our hearts. Host Kathy Carafi invites experts to talk openly about what women care about, like how to create lifelong companionship, dealing with mental illness in our families, bullying at school, and many others. You name it, we talk about it. Listen in now as Kathy helps us find answers to our most tender questions. Welcome to Camp Crafty's Fireside Talk Radio, where we, where our goal is to ponder over all the tried and true stuff we women store away in our hearts as we knit our families together in lifelong fellowship. Our favorite verse on this show is, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Luke 2.19. We want to thank our sponsor, Home Instead Senior Care provides trustworthy, kind-hearted senior home care services in your loved one's home. At Home Instead, it's about providing the highest quality home care services to fit you and your family's needs. Okay, I am so excited because Anna is co-hosting with me today and we're going to have a great conversation, Anna. Hi, Mom. Welcome to the show. Can you hear the, the pages show. turning? I missed you because you've been working so hard and we hadn't really scheduled a show together in a while. So I am pretty pumped up about getting to do this today. Do you want to tell people what our topic is or do you want me to? Oh, no, I get to. Um, okay. <laughs> once, once I read what we were talking about, I uh, my dear husband volunteered to take the children on errands with him. And the minute Aww. the house was quiet, I pulled a chair in front of my bookshelf. And if you can hear the pages turning in a book, that's because they actually are, because I can't help myself. I am so excited. <laughs> We're talking about books I know. and a love of reading. <laughs> I think I need to explain to our listeners. So Anna and I have wanted for a very long time to do a whole series on reading, because we love books and we love reading so much. We're just nutty about it. And so we're going to start with, with today. We're going to have a great conversation on this topic and, and the whole idea is to just create all these great episodes about how you can get your kids to love reading as much as we all do. So today's topic is generational readers loving the classics. I knew Anna was going to love that topic. Ah, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> I know. Her, but we, okay, here's a cute story Except for my family. at a bookshelf because I'm on my hands and knees in front of my bookshelf pulling books while we talk. <laughs> okay, so we always say that we think, Anna has an extensive collection of just about every kind of book, but she, or especially art books and also science fiction and speculative fiction. In fact, she started reading speculative fiction before I ever heard that phrase. I didn't even know what that word was. I don't think it was a genre back then. She was so young when she started reading speculative fiction. Well, anyway, she has a huge collection, so... We, I, I suspect, he, my son-in-law tells me this is not true, but I suspect he married her just to get her books. <laughs> it, it, is, it was his first excuse to come up to the house and, and start building a friendship with me was, oh, well, I'll borrow some books. Because we had traded what <laughs> yeah. we read and discovered that we read different, but same genres, different books. So, That's so, hilarious. So y'all knew, you knew the language well to talk to each other. Yes, exactly. It was a shared um, culture and shared reference points. So, and here we are which is talking very about cool. reading. We're not really talking about romantic fiction at all because this is a true story. So, but it's well, kind of a romance novel. <laughs> and, and think 
about it, Mom. Like, that's what, when we're talking about multi-generational love of reading, the fact that Drew and I had an instant connection because we had read similar books and therefore shared a vocabulary, shared a language, shared fictional worlds. Like, there were books that we, we had been places, we had been to the same places, even though we'd never left our own living rooms with those books. But the same can be said of my grandmother who's in heaven. I have been to some of the, I shared a vocabulary across generations and now across time and, and I guess dimensions, if you consider heaven a different dimension, with my grandmother because we had both read the classics. Oh, it's very cool wow. to share reading with family and friends and, and people you've never met. <laughs> I love that. So. Anna, you're cutting out a little bit. So if that's a fun thing, do speak into your phone. And if it's just Skype, it's okay. There's nothing we can do uh, about that. Um, well, I love that way you compare the, uh, like the idea that mom and grandma and uh, so many people that we love are already in heaven. And you compare that to a different dimension in the sense that like time travel books and some of the fiction that we love really does stretch your imagination and it allows you to be very open-minded. And so I mean, I, I think stretching your imagination and allowing you to be open-minded are some really great ways to come against dogmatism and being so uh, myopic in your thinking that you can't imagine other people's perspectives. So mm -hmm. I really love that. And and that brings up something I want to talk to you a little bit about in the context of classics, if, if I'm not interrupting. Yeah. Okay. No, go for it. So we, I created a... I wanted to talk about wisdom and how it gets passed from generations. I know you're already going there and you're thinking. And I defined wisdom this way because there's a lot of ways you could define wisdom. And even Webster's has a pretty long list of definitions. But for our purposes, I think wisdom can be defined when you're open-minded and respectful of lessons from the past. And you're not haughty about what you think you know. I would compliment, I would agree, and then compliment that statement with the idea that when, as a young person, when I was like, what is this wisdom thing? I'm praying for it. What does that even mean? And when yeah. you start looking up passages in scripture that deal with wisdom, they're very often followed or linked with other verses and ideas about humility. Oh, I love that. They're, yeah. they're very, very synonymous in scripture, where when you get a passage about one, it's following or or it's a therefore to something about humility. Okay, connected. so I, I do have a couple Bible verses pulled that I could share, but I, this just begs to for me to pop in this quote I got from Socrates that you're going to love. Ooh. Uh-huh. The only true wisdom is in knowing you know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, and back to the speculative fiction and sci-fi, you know, I think that because I strongly believe that I'm made in God's image when I read sci-fi, I don't read it like speculative fiction. I read it like people being in tune to knowing their creator, whether or not they acknowledge God exists. I think they were made in his image by him. So oh. when they talk about other dimensions, I hear heaven and hell oh. and, and the dimension where, where that we can't see, but those, those powers, the spiritual powers that are play, at play in this world I think it's people who don't know God seeking him. Um, wow. So, so I read wow. speculative fiction and science fiction like, okay, what were they inspired by? Because humans, we don't create out of nothing. We create out of God. And so to me, it's very fun 
to read things that to us don't look real because I figure they're inspired by something that is. Okay, I just so when science fiction gets explodes with information about like evil, like periodically my sci-fi genre will just get covered over with like creepy things, and I start worrying for our culture and praying over it because people are obsessing about that, and that is weird to me and scary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with you about that, and it's interesting to me that you link that. But you, you have such a great mind to kind of see past what's obvious to into. What may, what else may be going on? And um, I don't want to forget to ask you because we're going to move on. We're not going to spend the whole time talking about speculative fiction, obviously. And actually, <laughs> I just realized I'm not even watching now? the clock. I got to remember to watch the clock so I don't go over into our uh, promos in the middle. But our break. Um, I want to mention Jen Dentors. I, I know I gave you the book. You haven't read it. It's by Dorinda Babcock. I mean, I was taken with that book. So I, oh, I started it. The one about the um, the Three Kingdoms. Yeah, we meant. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm after her to send me the next two, but she hadn't written them yet. So, anyway, that that is just an excellent book and really, really fun to read. So while we're on the topic that it's on my mind, while it's on my mind, I wanted to mention she did such a good job with that book. Well, Jen did even Dorinda Babcock. Uh huh. Even though you suggested it to me, um, the one by Dorinda. Babcock, I would not have started reading it because I have I have an odd standard. I read the back of the book, I look at the illustration to see if they could they were invested in it, and then I read the first sentence. And if the first oh. sentence doesn't hook me, I'm like, well, you know, they might be a decent writer, but if they can't get an editor to make sure their first sentence is good, I can't be bothered. <laughs> there are a lot of oh books out goodness. there. And her first sentence is really lovely. Oh, good. Uh, it, I'm so it glad. It me right in. So I, <laughs> I just went right on. I'm like on chapter two or three since you handed it to me. And I'm very uh, much enjoying it. Okay. Well, and not to do a book review because I may try to get her on the show. But I want to talk a but, little bit more. And, and I want to start here. So speaking of favorite books, not ones we've read recently, but classics, which ones would you say were your favorite classic books? Well, <laughs> I'm surrounded by them now. So, and, and we're also on the topic of how you get other people to read, right? So yeah. my, I, I love two things. I love to give young people the first in a series that's, you know, age appropriate and, and engaging. Like, I know people don't think of Harry Potter as a classic yet, but it really is. It got a whole generation to read, a whole generation of people who were turned off by literature. Okay, you've got, got two minutes. And it was so an adventure coming of age story that was written in modern language and it was imaginative. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, I totally And then they turned it into film. So even your kids who are dyslexic, dysgraphic, reading is a struggle. It's so much work. Can be told, hey, if you read this, you can watch the movie, and and that is very motivating because it was so good that that they wanted to translate it into other formats. So okay. I uh, love. I'm gonna, you can finish huh? in one sentence, and then I have to cut to break. Ah. So I love. I know. Hand kids, the first book in a series, but then I also love collections. Okay. Um, and we can talk about that when we come back, but that's my other very favorite thing. Okay, and I'm going to try to remember to ask you about collections we, when we come back about cla your favorite classics. Um, I don't want to forget to tell you that anything we share today, you can find at kathycraffy.com, C-A-T-H-Y-K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward.com. And I write books about conversation. So if you're looking for a better way to have a marriage conversation, we have a book on that. And if you're looking for a way to move conversations in a better, more healthy direction, we have a book on that. That, is, that one is called The Well, 
the art of drawing out authentic conversations. And we hope that you will do us a huge favor and just sign up for our free blog and free podcast we send out every week. So please join us in that fun endeavor that we're doing. Don't forget, it's Kathy (laughs) Craffy, C-A-T-H-Y-K-R-A-F-V-E, where we speak truth with a Texas twang. And we're going to be right back. We don't want to miss a moment at Fireside Talk Radio, so stay tuned for more adventures as we talk about the things women store and ponder in their hearts. More truth with a Texas twang when we return. You ought to see my blue-eyed Sally. She lives way down on Shimbone Alley. The number on the gate and the number on the door in the next house over it's a grocery store. Want to move from coexisting to cherished? From isolated to influential? Hi, this is Kathy. Just for you, we have two books out now devoted to creating better conversations. Life-changing conversational adventures. Marriage Conversations, From Coexisting to Cherished, is 20 chapters packed with easy, practical ideas. This is the book I wrote for my kids. It's brimming over with personal stories and stuff I learned the hard way. Then the well, the art of drawing out authentic conversations explores over 40 different ways Jesus launched the woman at the well from lonely to leadership. You can find our books with our wonderful publishers, Cross River Media and Elk Lake Publishers, at local bookstores or at Amazon.com. Buy two, one to read out loud to your hubby and one to share with a friend. Order yours today and have your own conversational adventures tonight. What if I told you there was a new place for senior care? A place where mom's bathtub recitals are met with rousing applause? Where Lola the Yorkie Poo has the run of the place? A place where corn dogs are on the menu whenever? It's home, where mom built her life. Call Home Instead Senior Care at 1-800-455-CARE or visit homeinstead.com to learn more about in-home services like 24-hour care, memory care, hospice support, and meals and nutrition. Oh, miles and miles of Texas. Yeah. We want to thank our generous sponsors for making these candid conversations possible at Fireside Talk Radio where we talk openly about the things women store and ponder in their hearts, where truth and Texas twang meet. Hey there, we're, we're back, and I'm talking to Anna about one of our favorite subjects, reading, and how you can encourage kids in your life to read and to love reading, no matter what perspective they come from. Now, Anna spent a lot of time learning about reading in our own home because one of our kids is dyslexic and she was the oldest child. So she understands how difficult it can be for some people to read. And also, Anna, I know you want to talk about your collections. I want to talk about how grandparents can pitch in with reading, especially for children that have a hard time. And I I don't want to forget to ask you, because I know as an educator, you have a lot of insight about this, how you know when your child is naturally prone to wisdom so you can talk about your your collections for a split second and then we have to move on (laughs) well they totally they totally all overlap so this is very good so that's great so what what you surround your children with what you surround yourself with 
what you claim as your own directly affects their perspective on its value. So ah. I have a collection, and there's multiple ways to think of collection, but there's two that I go for with books. There's an edited collection, like I could buy a single text, and it's full of like all of Grimm's fairy tales, which I have in front of me because I love it, and I pulled it out. And Or here's the complete Sherlock Holmes, or the Book of Virtues by William Bennett. Those are some of my yeah. favorite collections. But then you can also collect individual volumes. For example, I have a collection of children's books that have illustration awards. And I I did not buy them in cardboard books when my children were little. I bought them in the most beautiful hardcover editions with the metal seal because they are mine. Ah. And my children know that. And they know that I value them. And I have not, when my kid, when my sweet daughter who loves beauty looked at one of them and said, oh, it's so beautiful. Can I have it? I said, well, I will loan it to you. I'd be delighted to share it with you. Please ask first so that I get to share it with you. And and then when I share it, she knows that it's something special. And she knows that she needs to practice her good manners and say thank you. And then I get to say you're welcome. And that I delight in sharing something valuable with her. And so all of that, I'm, I'm. in in valuing something that has beauty and that has an award and that it's it's the one I'm looking at is an Aesop's fables. It's by Jerry Pinkerney (laughs) Um, (laughs) and it's the lion and the mouse. I've never actually said his name out loud before. It's gorgeous watercolor illustrations and, and, and it's the story of wise friendship. So Mm. all of that I put value on and I've made it mine. And so she knows that I value this. And someday, if she still wants it when she's a little older, I'll give it to her. But she's not able to take care of it right now on her own because it would get ripped and stepped on. (laughs) Well, and not only that, there are some things like that I have from my grandfather's library that were my dad's books when he was a child. And you just value them so much more when you inherit them. Well, and that's the other thing in front of me. I have a copy of The House at Pooh Corner, which is not from your grandfather's library, because you gave that book to Ellen, to my sister. But I knew which edition it was. So I, when I was in these bookstores hunting for other things, I found the same edition, and I bought it. Because the story of my childhood, you gave me, I got the sword and stone. Um, But That's the one one of the ones Grandpa gave me. Uh Uh-huh. Every time you read them to us, you told us where they were from and why they were valuable. And so, and I have a copy, mm-hmm. obviously you have the, the one from your childhood, but I have a copy of a children's Bible that was from your oh. childhood. And when I had children, you found the same edition online and you bought it for me. So we'd all be reading out of the same children's Bible to my children. And then mm. also amongst my collections, I have a collection of children's Bibles because when you read to your kids, like my husband reads to them every night from a children's Bible. And you know, if you read two or three Bible stories, those little short ones every night, you get through that little children's Bible and then you read it again and then you really, really, really want a new one because <laughs> you just need something yeah. new to read, right? Repetitive reading to children is important, but you can only do it so many times before you go crazy. So we have a collection of children's <laughs> Bibles now at our house so he can switch oh. volumes. Um, and then, I, I love like, that. You're right. Your collections do tell the story of how we pass generation, generational wisdom down. That's pretty interesting, Anna. So I'm going to switch gears a little bit. Okay. I, want, I don't want to miss the chance to ask you, and then we can circle back and talk more about I know you love to talk about books. I, I want to ask you a little bit about if a mom sees certain behaviors in her child. I mean, you're so good at saying, well, here's the negative behavior, but here's what it really means. I want to know how you recognize, say your child just is a natural 
Like a lot of girls, especially, they're naturally designed by God to collect wisdom and seek it and want it. So how do you know if that's your child? So Beth has started correcting me, and Jason started backseat driving. And they're so dear, and I am trying hard to not shut it down, but to redirect it into a way that's healthy. They do not get to usurp my authority. I am the mother. And they don't get to correct other adults because that's inappropriate. But the reason she's correcting me is because she's wise. And because she knows I yeah. value that, and she's helping, right? It's it's her design. Yeah. So I've started saying. She's helping me with well, some first, things. I want to say. First off. I'm going to interrupt you and say, she's helping yeah. me with some things. Yes, she is. <laughs> I've heard her do that. And, and, you know, she has a new phrase. She says, did you mean to say that now? Instead of just saying, don't you know, say that, or that's bad. She says, she, says, she goes, mommy, did you mean to say? <laughs> so I, I won't get away that. with saying stupid she did that to anyone the other day, or anything was, she thinks is a I'm bad sorry. word. We made it into a question, so it wouldn't be quite so challenging to authority. But I had to think long and hard about how to redirect her because I didn't want to undermine her. But so, but all that to say, so she and I trade. I have some bad habits, and I realized she had them as well, probably because we share DNA. We both bite our fingernails. <laughs> and now her fingernails look quite beautiful because she can't bite hers when she's correcting me. Mine still don't look that great. Um, she goes to bed before I do. So... <laughs> But it's, so it's an example funny. of her being wise. She wants something good for me. She's care, you know. She sees that that's a bad behavior, and she's willing to trade. And she's not hypocritical about it. The minute she started correcting me, she quit biting her own nails. Oh. So, um, but another example is I say to them, "Pierces don't." What is it I say? I say, "Pierces don't argue." And I picked this up from a friend because she was talking about identity in a family. So we started saying what Pierces do and do not do. I say, "Pierces tell the truth." And she started coming up with her own. It's hilarious. Pierces well, their so- vegetables. Pierces do this. Pierces do that. And sometimes she looks at me like, is this a good one, Mom? Like, is this real? I'm like, Beth, you're adorable, but that's not really a real one, is it? And she's like, no. Sometimes she uses it to try to, like, manipulate the situation. Like, Pierces watch Paw Patrol. I'm like, not right now, they don't. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah, she's a smart girl. I know that. And I do think she is a natural person, like she has a natural love for wisdom. I've noticed that as well. I love the way she corrects me now rather than than just telling me, you know, I forgot. Like the thing I'm saying, I'm, she told me she, she didn't think I should be saying, my gosh. I should be right. saying, oh my, my, gosh. my goodness, oh my gosh, or oh my goodness. And I said, well, that's really a good point. I think I will try to do that. So she's been helping me with that. And I am noticing her skill, her techniques, because, you know, it's a hard habit to break for me. So her, she's had, she's getting lots of practice. A lot of her practice. Te- yeah. yeah, her technique is getting better and better. I'm actually enjoying learning from her to say, oh, did you mean to say it that way? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> When she pulled that on me the other night, the other day, I was just laughing. So, so this is kind of a generational process at our house uh, when they're with me and the family comes and goes and I get to be with the little ones and she's correcting me while she's gaining wisdom. I'm gaining wisdom because I'm learning something that, that you didn't learn from me. Like you had to figure this out yourself. Because of my daughter's strength. (laughs) And now it's manifesting through your children. And yeah, I mean, I love that. So, okay, let's go back to books because we're talking about reading and wisdom together um, and how grandparents can help. One one of my favorite things that came out of that COVID brouhaha was um, grandparents reading books to their children over Zoom. 
Zoom. I mean, how cool is that? And you can hit record. So I have a couple of recordings of my mother-in-law reading to my kids that are really delightful. Uh, and you can you can listen. You know, when your kids are like two and three, my kids are a little past it. But when they're younger and toddlers, they have a favorite book and they want you to read it over and over and over. And it's so good for their development to do that. But as a yeah. parent, you get so bored. So if you get grandma to read it one time and record it on Zoom, you can hit play. Over and over and over again, and get your dishes done. <laughs> you know what I love about that? Because I know at your house you have books that are in more than one language, and the little Spanish books that you have, yes. that's perfect for toddlers. They learn so much vocabulary from a second language by just reading toddler books to them over and, and over in Spanish or whatever. It, if you get it on video, which that's what my mother in law did, she videoed it. So if you get it on video for, for little boys like my son, I don't know what it is about men, the way God made men, but my son has a higher tolerance for screens than my daughter does. Like if oh. a screen is on, he notices it. And even if it's something he's not interested in, there's a very good chance he'll get sucked into whatever it is because it's, it's on that screen. There's something about it. So if you do a recording of a book like that of someone they love on a screen, it's more likely to count with him as like screen time, like something he's excited about. So for okay. whatever that's worth. I love it. I'm going to, this really reminds me of a quote from Jim Elliott. And then we have to wrap up the show already. It no, makes me so sad. I got more. Here, here's, what, <laughs> here's what Jim, oh, it's going quick. Here's what Jim Elliott said. He said, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And And I think that is so perfect for what we've been talking about, where generationally families pull together to teach young people to love to read. And we're going to, as we explore this topic, we're going to find, people will be able to find more and more on it from us about the value of reading. We're living in a culture that is going more towards screen time. And, and I think it's profound, Anna, that you made that great point that even with screen time, reading can still be an, a crucial part of what you do with your kids, and it needs to be. There's so many reasons to be a reader. Then, and also to pass on wisdom. So let me read you a Bible verse, too. Uh, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. That's where you started this whole conversation, Anna. So let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. That's from James 1, 5. And then James 3, 17 says this. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. I just think that's a perfect way to end today's show. You began with talking about wisdom and humility together and how we as generational families can really pass that on to the next generation through classic books. So I just want to thank everybody who listened. And don't forget, you can go to Bethlehem Books for great classic literature for, for kids that's been resurrected by their ministry. And you can also find all the stuff that we talk about on Kathy Crafty, K-R-A-F as in Frank, V as in Victor, E as in Edward.com, where we speak truth with a Texas twang. Thank you for joining us today where we speak truth with a Texas twang about the very things that touch our hearts. Thank you for joining us today, and we will see you again next week. Oh, Audience.